0: Hey everyone, I'm Mario Nerd64. And I am Big Nakruma. And we are your gamer friends. Today we're talking about the Dice Awards, PUBG updates. We're t- getting into Destiny 2's new roadmap. Ugh. A little. <laughs> We've also got news about Mario's entry into the mobile world. And
1: I'm really excited about this burnout paradise. I'm gonna get into that too. And stick around after we talk about our gaming news for our spoilery discussion of DC's Black Lightning, everyone's favorite new movie, Black Panther. It's definitely my favorite new movie. We're going to get into discussing their blackness a little bit, and then Kendrick's fire album for the movie, and then uh, finally some speculation on what might be going on in the MCU moving forward after our very first visit to Wakanda.
0: Yes, and after that, we're going into what we're playing this week, which includes PUBG, GTA Online, Assassin's Creed, and The Sims. That's me. I'm playing The Sims. Yeah, I don't play The Sims. (laughs) Ugh. All right.
1: So our first segment, logging on, we get into the news. So leading off, we've got the DICE Awards. Um, Not... Too many surprises there, but um, for those of you who don't know, the DICE Awards are basically the SAG Awards for video games.
0: Okay, so I have a question. If the DICE Awards are like the SAG Awards, then are the video game awards like the Oscars?
1: No, no. They're like the Golden Globes. Golden Globes. Okay. So, you know, the Screen Actors Guild is like actors giving awards to other actors. Right. Whereas, like, the Oscars is the Hollywood foreign press. So um, DICE is a bunch of developers, you know, patting each other on the back for all the great work they've done. Uh, And uh, surprise, surprise, uh, (laughs) Zelda. uh, Won everything. Yeah, took absolutely everything. Um, I was very happy that PUBG... God, best multiplayer. As you know, I'm pretty obsessed at the moment with PUBG. Big Nick really likes PUBG. Yeah, I've, I actually have been meaning to talk to you about how much anxiety I'm consuming as a person. Like, a lot of my favorite TV shows give me anxiety. Right. A lot of my... uh favorite movies give me anxiety. Right. And now one of my favorite video games. Also. I need a cigarette if I even come close (laughs) to winning. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, you know, side note, maybe we as a culture need to consider how much anxiety we're consuming. Speaking of anxiety,
0: Cuphead won quite a few awards. Um, What was it? Outstanding Achievement in Original Music. Um, art direction and animation, and I'm so glad that a game that looks like a kid's cartoon is literally the most difficult thing I've ever played in my life. I, you know, those videos where people like smash their keyboards and throw remote controls, yeah, they break, yeah, where they throw, break things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Cuphead made me want to break
1: things. <laughs> I recall. Um, it was. How often did you play it without me? I did not.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> After the first night that we played it, I, I got really, I just, I have not touched it since. Wow. Because it's like, you know, you're playing and then, you know, something pops up and then another thing, you know, like, are you supposed to shoot that thing? Are you supposed to jump over it? I don't know. I feel like it's actually kind of cool.
1: It, oh, okay.
0: Well, I just love being dragged. Whatever. <laughs>
1: No, no, no. I'm not in a position to drag. Let me just say very clearly. Big Nick was was just as bad. No, no, no. I Marginally better. No, no, no. I I agree. I'm not trying to say I was better. In fact, I was about to be self-deprecating, but you cut me off. I was going to (laughs) say that my little brother and I were playing, and at no point when we won a level was I actually alive. I was dead every time. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, no, he carried So he he carried Completely. No, it was a carry
0: bless uh (laughs) well anyway um i am happy though that that that, i mean the music especially was just amazing and it was it was fun to look at it was like a fun environment despite it being i i and it was so hard
1: i don't even have a comparison (laughs) to make it to like It's, like, old-school platformers. I don't think I've played a game that difficult since, like, Donkey Kong.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like, the old... Even, like, up to, like... Well, I haven't played, like, Odyssey or anything. Like, I think the last Mario game I, like, really, really played was Sunshine. And even that's, like, a 3... It's, I don't know if... It's, like, a 3D platformer, so it's different, but, like...
1: No, I felt like any of the 3D platformers were not nearly as difficult as what I was playing when I was younger. And maybe that's because I was younger, but I do think that there's just a level of difficulty now that you kind of have to really, really sign up for instead of it just being part of the base game experience.
0: Yeah, no, the Cuphead is an investment and I just don't have the coins for it. <laughs> Like I, I just don't. And I I'm think okay you with should that. Give it
1: another. I think you should give it another shot. Mm. Make it to the final island. You know, we, beat it. Did, we didn't even get off the first one. I was trying to spare you from admitting that.
0: Well, here we are. We keep it real on Gamer Friends.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did not. We're just good. Yeah. Well. <laughs>
1: Oh my God! So, <laughs> moving on. Um, let's let's dive into PUBG. Every, another, oh, PUBG. Okay, good. Another Dice Award winner, yes. uh, as as I mentioned. So. PUBG. uh, I've been playing on Xbox. I am uh, a filthy, disgusting console console player. player, I know. I'm the worst. I am going to build a PC this year to play video games with. But um, anyway, I've been playing PUBG basically since release. And uh, I got to say, I love it every single time. I still have a fantastic time, especially when I'm playing with my crew. Especially when I'm playing with my clan, I should say, Uh, and I and I feel like um, the one thing that I really need from it are uh, additional updates. updates. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, or just (laughs) the developers promised weekly updates for xbox at least uh you know for the foreseeable future and now we're <laughs> you know running on two weeks not just without an update but also without really hearing from anyone at yeah level. they're just like um
0: it's like a joanne the scammer kind of <laughs> typing away like we're gonna do this and it just right. runs away and i'm just like <clears throat> no i need i need more it's gotten um, to the
1: point where a lot of the fixes that they put out just break other things, and so the patches right. have been really more Duseless. about yeah fixing what they broke instead of adding new stuff new in. Um, you know, <laughs> but what I'm I need not... them
0: to fix is the the skins for black characters. Thank you, you still look like a clown it, every it, once in a while, and at this point, I'm not gonna call it racism. I will. But I'm. <laughs> Someone's gonna go. No, right
1: we're keeping it all the way black on this episode. On Xbox, only black characters. I don't know if anyone knows about this because, again, we're console scrubs. Uh, this right. may or PC may not be people, an issue on PC. Probably. So on console, your eyeball becomes your whole face sometimes in a graphical glitch on Xbox. Uh, as a few of my clanmates lovingly refer to as the eyeball monster, <laughs> the eyeball monster, yeah. And then, like, and like
0: you still have, like you still have a beard if you like, exactly. And so, so it
1: just looks freakish, and it's been a problem for more than a month. Uh, I think it broke sometime in early January. I started looking like an eyeball monster, and they still haven't fixed it. I need
0: mean, that is honestly they could not fix anything else, but at least.
1: Fix that. If Blue Hole cares anything at all about Black History Month, they would prioritize. <laughs> it is disrespectful. They will <laughs> prioritize fixing <laughs> the Black characters. Otherwise, we can just assume they don't care.
0: So, moving away from Eyeball Monsters, uh, let's get into the game that A, basically started this podcast, okay. and B, has been disappointing its fan base for like the past, uh, I don't know, six months? That's it? Anyway, we're talking about Destiny 2. They released yeah. a development roadmap. Uh, for what's coming up for both seasons two and season three, anyway, I was looking at the uh, the deployed list already. The Prometheus lens buff just brings me such joy. What a what a joyous holiday
1: weekend that was! I think this is the last time I had fun in that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I I had fun playing Argos, um. Anyway, for those listeners who who
0: don't know, uh, the Prometheus lens in Destiny Two was basically it was a laser beam um, that was extremely overpowered. So in Destiny's PvP arena called the Crucible, everyone just used it uh, for the entire weekend. Uh, and it's basically a big old game of virtual laser tag. Um, it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was a it good. Was. It was a good moment for Destiny, especially at that point. I think we were all kind of. It needed a moment. We needed a moment. We were kind of like, like the new DLC dropped and we were just like... It needed a sustained moment and we got a weekend. We got a weekend. Beggars can't be choosers. Um, But that was a lot of fun. Anyway, so probably the biggest part of this roadmap is that most of the things are delayed on them.
1: <laughs> well, I wouldn't say most of the things are delayed. It's just the stuff like strike-specific loot that is being delayed, which is actually something that would get me to play again. I, I loved Destiny 1. It had a very first rough year. When the Taken King came out, I felt like they really turned a corner, and then the game just kept getting better. Um, You know, there were still a few slumps. Like, there were mm. times where there were content gaps. Um, And so it was... A little boring you know you wanted to play something else but for the most part destiny was like one of the only things i played during its life cycle so destiny 2 comes out and i kind of am expecting them to build on this success that they had from the first game and instead it seems like uh they're resetting and it's just mm. year one destiny one all over again in which case you know Maybe the big expansion that's supposed to be coming out later this year or maybe next year is gonna turn the corner for Destiny two, and then it's gonna keep getting better and better, and it's gonna be a fantastic game. And then but Destiny the corner is gonna come out. We missed that exit a while ago.
0: <laughs> like, the user base
1: has been super duper low i yeah, it I think I saw a few weeks ago that it was like the lowest. Trials participation since Trials was a thing all the way back in Destiny One. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, we'll see what happens. I still love Destiny.
0: I do. I love Destiny too, and I actually I miss it. I I, like I want to play again. Yeah.
1: Um. You need a reason.
0: I I I need a reason to play it. Yeah. Which.
1: uh, I understand. It's. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Yes.
0: Uh, so moving on, Mario Kart in 2019 is getting a mobile game, which is exciting because I love games that I can get on my phone, play for a week, like, really passionately, and then forget that I have them on there. And so I'm, like, cleaning up my phone again.
1: Um, <laughs> you, you think that Mario Kart on mobile is going to be one of those, like, passion projects?
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like with Pokemon Go and with Animal Crossing... Whatever it was called, <laughs> camping. I don't know if Animal Crossing counts. It does. Oh no, people played.
1: Was it like a? Was it like a thing? It was a moment. It was oh, definitely okay. a moment. And I feel like I missed it.
0: I, Pokemon Go definitely lasted more than a week. I think I was like really hardcore into that for like a month. And
1: like, oh, I feel like most people were hardcore into it for like six months.
0: Oh yeah, no, most people were. I was into it for a month, and then like six months. Later, I would still, like, see huge crowds of people. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? And I'm like, oh, someone dropped an orb thing. I don't remember. The, a bait yeah. at this place. And these niggas are just standing out here trying to catch some Pokemon. And I'm like, we're still on this. Okay. I don't. Get you sound it. like a hater, but okay. I do sound like a hater. Um, but I actually i i met one of my neighbors once playing in the game. Like you know how like New York City apartments are, and no one talks to their neighbors or anything. So Is that I one was of like, your
1: upstairs neighbors that we hate.
0: No, it's not one of my. I think this person left because like my, my building just rotates people to every two
1: seconds. So anyway, I, I I mean, I I get it. I just. I'm not sure what they're really going for. Do we know yet? I feel like it's... I don't
0: think any. there's been, like, no... It's just like, hey, this is a thing that's going to happen. Yeah. Because Nintendo has, like, a record of doing this. They just, like, announced something, and then a year later it comes out. Like, they announced the platformer that now is on uh, iOS, like, a year prior, and was like, here it is.
1: Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I'm just saying, like, I wonder... I, I'm. I guess what I'm trying to get to is, do we think this is going to be Mario Kart turned into some kind of uh mobile game version of Mario Kart where you can race and then you gotta wait 30 minutes unless you pay five dollars and then you can like skip to the head <laughs> of the line or whatever. Like I I I don't do any of those types of games so I don't entirely right. understand what the ho- the not, feedback loop is.
0: I hope they don't candy crush it. No, well I don't know. I quite honestly like I think our like these phones are getting to a place where I think they can just function like a Nintendo DS. Like I would right. love to just Play Mario Kart, and then I'm sitting with my friends on the same Wi-Fi network, and we all just whip out our phones and play Mario Kart together. Yeah. Like, I would play that forever. See, That's my cool.
1: perfect mobile Pokemon game is just Pokemon on my phone. Right. That's all I want. like
0: a AR.
1: Right. No, no. I don't want a port. I don't want, like, some third-party app or anything like that. I just want Pokemon Gold on my phone.
0: Fair enough. I don't know, but I think there's something special specific that you can do with mobile games, which I don't know they... I don't think they've, like, cracked the code yet. Right. Because they are, like, fleeting. You, like, get really... You're like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened, and then it's like, okay, whatever.
1: But at the same time, if if it was just Mario Kart on my phone or whatever... <laughs> I don't know, I actually know how many... If it was just, like, you know, Mario Kart as it is on console on the phone, you know, that's going to have staying power. Like, I would pick that up as a casual thing that I do kind of in the same way that like, oh, it's the end of the night, a few people are on, I'm going to play some PUBG, like, okay, three or four rounds, we're all done. Right. Same kind of thing.
0: Right.
1: So I don't know. Um, We'll see. I guess is uh, what that amounts to. So the last bit of news I know you are exceptionally excited for. I am so excited about this. We are not going to wade into the entire microtransaction debate on this podcast, I don't think. No, because um, that's... That's a whole, that's a thing. Right. But we are going to talk about Burnout Paradise.
0: So, like, I'm really excited about this. Uh, I absolutely love racing games as a kid and as an adult. Uh, my dad used to take me to car shows. I think that's, I had a NASCAR blanket when I was, like, a child.
1: I've never heard a black person talk about NASCAR like you. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, not technically true. I know a black person who
0: works for NASCAR. Okay. Or at least did. So, you know, you have one black. Friend in, that's what we're doing. We're we're, it's, we're one black friend again right now.
1: Well, yeah, I actually think it's pretty significant that a black person who grew up in Long Island is a NASCAR fan. I don't think that that's. I'm
0: not a NASCAR fan now. I just love racing games. Forza, my shit. Gran Turismo, my shit. Burnout, my shit. Because that is destructive. You know, you're just racing around. Trying to knock people off and blow up their cars, and it is like basically like a golf mode where you just try to cause as much destruction as possible.
1: It's so great. it's like Grand it's Theft Auto's racing mode, but all the time. Right.
0: And it's admittedly like juvenile. It's admittedly like. Why am I dragging myself like this? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It's I great. didn't say it was juvenile. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Is getting a re release, which actually I didn't, I never played Paradise because Paradise came out during my like gaming hiatus of college into early adulthood. Um, so they're remastering it for 4K, so I'm downloading it on your console because I don't have 4K. Mm. But I am super excited for when this comes out because EA announced that they were not doing microtransactions for this game, and I was like,
1: really? (laughs) <laughs> I mean it's a pretty big deal for EA to not have microtransactions because EA fucked up <laughs>
0: <laughs> fucked up with Star Wars Battlefront oh,
1: 2, no. right? Wow. No, I'm kidding. How you got to drag him and not even know the name of the game?
0: I have been trying to get the name out of my mind. Mm. Anyway, they tried it with the last Star Wars game, they, which is basically just turned into a pay-to-play thing, and everyone was no, like... No, they fixed it. They fixed it, but it was too late. Niggas was already like, I'm not buying this shit because I have to pay to play. That's
1: true. That's why I don't have it. That's why you don't have it. That's why I don't have it. I'm a huge nerd.
0: I love Star Wars, but I'm not buying. Like, I didn't buy the game, and I'm not, I'm not going to buy it now. So EA fucked up. Shocking. Uh, but... Now EA is like, we're not going to do it because we know y'all are sick of it. I'm just – I hope it stays. Yeah. I hope that this is, like, the new norm, and hopefully we
1: don't have to deal with that whole microtransaction bullshit ever again. So, I know you're a huge fan of Burnout Paradise. I actually interpreted this news to be positive for Anthem because I know a lot of people are, you know, waiting patiently for Anthem, us waiting included. Waiting even longer. Yeah. Be g- patiently because g- g- that's g- That got – Push. I was kind of hoping that Anthem would like pull me out of my destiny depression and allow me to like really dive into something again. I know the division has also gotten updated and you know people are really enjoying that again too. Um I know. But anyway, I you know, I'm I'm really excited that EA is willing to do this because it might mean that they'll consider a similar position for uh, Anthem when it comes out next year. I know that the counter-argument would be this is a game that's already been released. They're not trying to make, you know, as much money on it. Uh, You know, all they did was upgrade the graphics for 4K and blah, 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 blah. Like, microtransactions might not be that important for a game like this. But at the same time, you know, what better way to show off how good your game looks in 4K than to offer a ton of skin and as far as we know, there are, you can just access them in the game and they're just doing right by us for the first time in a while. Yeah, yeah.
0: <sighs> I'm just, Now I'm just thinking like how everyone hates EA. Yeah. Basically since EA was EA. <laughs> so <laughs> finally I have something positive to say about them.
1: I mean, they need it. They need all the positive they PR it. they can get. They need it.
0: So let's get into this next segment. We like to call these past two weeks of nerddom where we stop talking about video games for a second and pick up some other nerdy shit that we like. All Black Panther
1: everything. Yes. <laughs> but for real, if you have not seen Black Panther yet, we might ruin it. There's something wrong with you that you haven't seen it yet, but uh, you might want to skip ahead. Check the show notes for a timestamp.
0: E- yes. I Mm.
1: Mm. mm. That's it. <laughs> it is definitely the best Marvel movie.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, it is the best Marvel movie. And actually, I think it has gotten a higher score on Rotten
1: Tomatoes than The Wizard of Oz. So... Last thing I saw, it was the best movie ever, according to Rotten Tomatoes. So... It might just be the best movie ever. It might be. It might be. I uh,
0: am just so excited. It was, everything was fantastic. Um, I, it, it was just so, you know how like, you ever watch Food Network and like the next Food Network star and they're just talking about the food and they're just like eating it and not saying shit. And then Bobby Flay gets really mad and he's like, yo, you have to talk about the food and they're like, sorry.
1: That's just Bobby Flay being a
0: dick. It's a fair criticism,
1: and I don't even know where to begin. Was, I know where to begin. Okay. Go, just yeah. And it has nothing to do with the movie. If you live in the New York metropolitan area, go see it in 4D. Okay. No, 4DX. It's the same. It's, well, you know is. what I mean. That... That actually was a lot of
0: fun. And I was like, oh. A lot of fun. This is going to be kind of gimmicky.
1: No. And it it really wasn't. It wasn't. Here's the thing. As a former Floridian, a Floridian by birth, I don't claim it now, I've been to Universal Studios, uh, you know, every year of my life, basically, since I was about 12 uh, and, you know, was at Disney before that. And I expected it to be kind of like a ride that they have their, uh, it's like Shrek 4D. So you go into a theater and the seats move and like they kind of squirt water at you and there's different effects and stuff like that. But for the most part, you're like sitting in a, a, a standard theater with seats that aren't that special. In the 4D experience, uh, you know, we went to the one in Regal, uh, the Regal uh, Union Square one. Um, it's, actually more advanced than that in terms of like what the technology actually is in the room. It's just maybe not as intense because it literally is moving you with the camera, like you know, you're kind of leaning forward, you're leaning backwards, you're rotating side
0: to side, they're
1: blowing things in your face during the water fights. Uh they're shooting there, water at yeah, you. Yeah, there was quite a bit of water coming at me. A lot I had of to water. keep wiping my straw off <laughs> for my drink. Popcorn got a little soaked. Yeah, it did. Um, it, it was incredible, and it was just enough that you always felt engaged by it, but it wasn't so much that you were, like, getting sick, or or you were, like, worried about falling out of your chair or something. Although
0: we did Throw us around, and it was like it was the one scene where Killmonger, Black Panther, are falling into like onto the subway track, and it threw us, and half the audience was like, "Fuck!" (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, (laughs) That was really intense.
1: During the fight with Killmonger and T'Challa at Warrior Falls, I was actually trying to take a drink, and (laughs) we like jolted (laughs) forward and spilled it all over myself. So I would definitely recommend that your first viewing of a movie not be the 4d experience yeah
0: because at least that's what i was doing i was like this is my third viewing by the way (laughs) (laughs) judge me um I was anticipating – I'm like, okay, something's going to happen here. Like, some big movement is going to happen here, so I can anticipate what
1: was going on. I definitely, definitely would recommend seeing it uh, if it's your second or third uh, viewing. Um, More to the point, though, of the movie itself, uh, you know, of course, you know what my biggest focus has been outside of the MCU, Mm -hmm. which is – this pretty vigorous debate, I'll say, Mm -hmm. about Killmonger and T'Challa. And, you know, very much a Killmonger was right in the same way that Magneto was right kind of vibe on one side. And a T'Challa was right. And actually, you know, uh, if anything, he wasn't going far enough. But we certainly have to reject Killmonger's attitude on another side. And the way that it's kind of boiled down for me, at least on my Twitter feed, is Mm. kind of almost like the 2016 primaries all over again. (laughs) In the sense that... It's like,
0: well, Bernie doesn't have a chance, so it has to be Hillary and, you know. I think at the end
1: of the day, uh, it it definitely is not... um, the movie that you want to get your revolutionary praxis from. <laughs>
0: no. um,
1: I wouldn't suggest that any superhero movie be where you go to figure out um, complex political, political questions.
0: Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting that we do this thing where we look for at fictional media just to have the answers, right? And especially we, black media, right? Like no one was. You know, talking about how Vulture was anti-government and right. probably like anti-capitalist. Right. I mean, are we gonna are we mad at Spider-Man for that? Are we mad at Tony Stark for, you know, funding and creating you know, American More imperialism? More to
1: the point like, over- <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the point, no like Captain America and Shield. Are right, you know, essentially whole- a CIA FBI kind of hybrid. Right. Uh, you know, there were not a million and a half think pieces about whether or not uh you know Captain America is a metaphor for American imperialism. Uh and I think A he is, and B, <laughs> it's because we all kind of knew that, but we also knew that we were uh, going to see a superhero movie. Exactly. I am there because Black Panther is one of my favorite superheroes, if not uh, my favorite superhero, at least my favorite superhero that's being portrayed right now Mm -hmm. in any kind of popular media. And for me, you know, my first viewing, I was not looking with such a critical eye. I -hmm. wasn't like trying to discern whether or not Killmonger was an elaborate allegory for the Black Panther Party. I I wasn't going there for that. I was going there because I have wanted to see Wakanda on the big screen for my entire life. And because I've never seen a black action movie taken so seriously Mm -hmm. and had such a huge promotional budget and really be an important film in a series of films. Like, there are just so many layers of what I want out of life in (laughs) the (laughs) Black Panther movie. And so the last thing I was thinking about was, like, critical theory. Right.
0: I get it um and i i'm not gonna sit here and get on my you know nerdy high horse and be like well if you know you're not watching superhero films and you can't talk about black panther like i get why we have these discussions and it's good and i'm glad that like it is um open the door for like these more complex things like i've seen you know pieces about like how like, the sort of Afrofuturism thing and, like, you know, comparing the African experience to the African-American experience and, like, building those bridges, um, which I think is all great. Um, and, you know, I guess nothing is without its criticism, but also, like, y'all, it's a superhero
1: movie. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to, like, stop someone from critiquing it. I think that it's our responsibility to view media with a critical eye, but there are some times that I just want to turn that eye off and enjoy the shit out of a movie.
0: Yeah, it's like, let niggas enjoy things. Please, like, let us enjoy We already something. have it hard enough. Like, let black people just go into the theater and enjoy a black superhero. Let me That's just great. tell
1: you that every time that camera pans behind a Koye in the fight scene, I damn near rise out of my seat. I...
0: Action done extremely. I, you know, I, you know, I'm like, I love like, I'm a a sucker for a really good fight scene, and that's why I really love like Daredevil season two fight scenes, Mm. top notch. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think that was another criticism that like the action it wasn't enough, and I think I don't know. I think people wanted like more like Civil War big superhero action, but that's not what this was. Yeah, and it was just a lot of really wonderfully coordinated. One-on-one, hand-to-hand combat. I loved it. koye stuff, fantastic. Um, the challenge fights were fantastic. Like, it was... Every action scene, I was, like, on the edge of my seat. I'm like, what is going to
1: happen? And everything was just fantastic. And I... As someone who's only seen it twice... Um, Get to my level. <laughs> I, I really watched it when I was watching it the second time. Um... It, it felt like I was watching it for the first time again. That's how good all of all of the scenes sequenced together. Also, I got to say just, you know, kind of putting a pin on our our previous point like I was watching with a critical eye for the second time and I really think that we need to analyze like why some people feel like it's okay to try to work toward Black Empire as a substitution for Black liberation, like, I'm trying to get free. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of different ways and ideas that people have about exactly how to do that. But at the end of the day, I know that subjugating people is not the way. Right. It's even
0: even he said it, he was like, I know how the colonizers work.
1: Right. Well, let's use their... And t- I'm like,
0: that's... Isn't that the whole point? Is to, like, not use the tools of your president to then build... Like, a." I was like and y'all y'all want to identify with this for real? Like y'all, he beat women, he killed yeah. his girlfriend and go but like y'all whatever,
1: No, yeah. he's he's clearly problematic and here's the thing, <laughs> problematic I, is an understatement. <laughs> whatever you want to call him, like I get what he's saying. Yeah, I was like, "Damn, I feel that."
0: Right. The like, last line of I felt that wrenching. Right. We all, we all felt that. We
1: all felt that. But like, <laughs> I think that he was right. He just wasn't correct. I Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I feel that. So you've been watching Black Lightning. Yes. I haven't because Marvel supremacy.
0: Yeah, I, I I do still fuck heavy with DC. Their TV <sighs> universe is excellent. I know you don't want to believe me, but whatever. I certainly don't.
1: And I don't want any emails about this either. Don't add me.
0: Please add. No. Please add him. Don't add me. the podcast, um, Game of Friends pod. It's on Jordan's phone. It's not on mine. Go for it. So yeah, I have been watching Black Lightning. I, I'm one episode behind, uh, but I, I've really, really been enjoying it. Um, and I think it's interesting, especially in context with Black Panther now, is is the sort of diversity of narratives we get in Black superhero movies and shows. and uh, Because for the longest time, it was just Blade, and then it was just Luke Cage. And now we're starting to get to the point where we have all these... So now we have, like, an African perspective. Um, And Black Lightning, I think, it brings a lot of really sort of narratives together in a way that Luke Cage didn't. I felt a lot of Luke Cage was just, here's Luke Cage's... Sort of worldview, and he's mad if you don't know who Christmas Atkis is, and everyone else, and it's just like Luke Cage against everyone else's form of blackness, mm. or like every other form of blackness besides Luke Cage's was considered bad. Mm. Not us versus them, but like right versus
1: wrong, sort of. Uh, it was almost like a respectability black power, right? Kind of, right. In a, in, in, which I don't think is entirely fair to say, you know... Right. You it know, leaves that way, but the it's story. not... We gave a spoiler warning for
0: Black Panther, but we didn't for Luke Cage. Well, if you didn't watch Luke Cage by now, what are you doing? And I feel like uh, what's cool about Black, Knight, Black Lightning is in a similar way that, like, you know, people in Black Panther had, like, these sort of diversity of views, and, like, everyone agreed with everyone, but, like, there was, like, this one thing where, like, but not really... I feel like the the main character in Black Lightning gets, you know, challenged by his family. He gets challenged by his ex-wife. He gets challenged by his daughters. Um, and it brings a sort of a larger complexity. So it's like the whole, like, you know, all these CW, DC shows have like the larger moral questions of like vigilanteism or whatever. Um, and in this one, it's, you know, sort of uh, soaked in Blackness, but then also, like, there's the Black church and the criticisms and, and, like, politics and what comes in there, and uh, one of the characters is a police officer, and so what, some of the characters are protesters. So I think there, we're finally getting to a point where Blackness is diverse. It's not just a, a, like, a one-note, this is what this is, Mm. um, which is very exciting.
1: I mean, let me know if they fulfill their promise. You told me that they're not going to be in, in uh, integrating it into the Arrowverse, I think it's called. Right now. <sighs> I think what's going to... I don't know. They, I'll yeah. watch it if they don't do that.
0: Well, here's the thing. Uh, it's filmed a lot differently than the other CW shows. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's by the same production team. So it has, like, the same sort of markers. So, like we have to protect the city like everything is about the city in a cw dc show um sounds dry <laughs> whatever i want to let that i'm gonna let that one slide um it, it, it does definitely feel like its own thing it definitely does feel different and i've i've been watching you know arrow flash legends of tomorrow all of them supergirl Um, so I don't know. Maybe they'll loop it in. Maybe they might do what they did with Supergirl and loop it in later.
1: Call me when they get static shock. Okay, true. I'll mess with some DC animation. DC animation is definitely better than Marvel animation right now. I do think Marvel animation is catching up, but at the same time, there's just nothing like the MCU. Nothing compares to the MCU. Uh, And we've got a lot of stuff that is yet to come that I think... Uh, Wakanda has really framed and I say Wakanda not because I don't know the name of the movie I know there's Black Panther but because uh, clearly Wakanda is going to be a major location for Infinity War and I would imagine that uh, as far as I can tell That fight scene is probably the final fight scene of the movie. They had a lot of niggas up in there for it to not be. (laughs) Right. I think a lot of people were going into Black Panther expecting the final. Infinity Stone. Uh I thought Bucky was gonna be in it. Um I thought they were I did not think that. See, I thought they were just keeping his involvement a secret uh and that he would have to show up, especially when Shuri was like another broken white boy to fix. I was like, where's Bucky? Right. Um and you know he's just a white wolfing it up out in out in the suburbs i guess but anyway um bye <laughs> anyway you know i really think that uh what took place in wakanda is a step in the
0: right direction for the MCU. no i
1: don't even want to say a step in the right direction i want to say a step forward into the future of the mcu mm-hmm. like The first phase and the second phase were really all about Tony Stark and Captain America and Thor, and not that I'm expecting all of them to die in Infinity War or in the next Avengers film next year. I do think that one of the heroes needs to come in and take the mantle, whether it's someone new or someone we already know, and really move the Avengers forward. Because if you think about it, I don't think Tony Stark is going to get another solo Iron Film. They might pepper him in throughout other franchises, but for the most part, I really think that uh, to move the plot forward in some major way, another character really has to come forward. Who's doing the day to day leadership work? You know, it looks like after Civil War, you know, there's a new Avengers team. um, And so we kind of know what the Avengers, quote unquote, look like, at least going into Infinity War. But the way that Black Panther was almost entirely removed from the larger narrative of the movies, and frankly, the way that Ant Man and the Wasp looks like, it's not going to be directly connected to the larger MCUs, like, you know, moving forward to the next. Avengers movie kind of uh, feel that some of phase one and phase two had, I think it's uh, the model, the archetype for what we can expect from Miss Marvel and the next Mm. Guardians and the next Spider-Man, you know, really having them uh, different uh, in a way that they're not about how many heroes can we bring together? They're really these strong, isolated stories that, more than anything, build a character to a point that they can be used in the overall Avengers film in the future.
0: Great point. I have nothing to add. So yeah, a
1: lot <laughs> of great. <change.
0: laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. You know, it's like when you're in class and then someone says some really smart shit and you're like, and then the teacher's like, well, "What do you think?" And I'm like. Mm. <laughs> and then you like, well, I, he really did say what I was gonna say. <laughs> um <laughs> But the Ant-Man and the Wasp trail looks amazing. I'm really excited for that. I'm so excited for the Wasp.
1: I think she's gonna be she's great. I think people really sleep on Ant-Man and the Wasp as I'm Avengers standing. member. I eat yeah. As Avengers members. Right. But yeah. I love
0: them. No, yeah, they're great. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited. I'm a fan. I'm excited. I'm here for it. Infinity War trailer, really excited. Nothing more to say, and then
1: I think I'm not gonna watch any more trailers.
0: Oh yeah, no, I um, because I they, think I'm they, done. They give too much shit away, and I I don't. I want to be surprised. I mean, the Marvel ones do. I don't. They didn't do a lot of trailers for Black Panther, which I was. They did like the one. There was like I think they did like watch this fight scene. I was like, no, I want to wait. I want to be surprised. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I like, no, they leaked. Well, not leak. They, 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 <laughs> leak the tape, man. The <laughs> they, I think they put out the Akoye part of the club fight scene. Yeah, a few no, days
0: I'm, I'm so glad I didn't watch that. Yeah,
1: I didn't watch the full thing. I scream anytime Old Girl was on the screen. I was a hundred percent here for her. I'm in love with Akoye. I oh. wish they had not erased her queerness, but you know what? That's another conversation for another day. That is. Uh. So, moving on to our next segment, uh, the home screen, we're going to talk about what we've actually been playing recently. Yes. Some of us more than others. Yes. Uh, some of us, Nick, some us. of us are busier than
0: others. Some of us are busier than others. I've been busy playing Assassin's Creed Origins. Finally. Finally. I'm, I'm, I know, I'm <laughs> mad late to that one, but we're going to save that one for later because we have a extended discussion for that. So, I'm going to let Big
1: Nick take it away. What have you been playing this week? Um, you know, as I've said, I've been playing some PUBG. A lot of PUBG. A lot of PUBG. Lot my little brother uh, picked up Grand Theft Auto online. Wow. So, I've been playing with my little brother and all of his little friends uh some GTA online. They're all fairly new characters, so they don't really have any of the businesses or that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, like I've seen his setup, y'all. It is
1: It's gross. It's rackets upon rackets. I spent a lot of time in Grand Theft Auto online before uh it really Destiny came it. out. Right. <laughs> I started playing on 360. That's how old that game is. That's right. My, it was it was a, yeah, it was My character was on 360, and then when I got the Xbox One, I moved it over, um, and you got to keep all your money and all your stuff. It was like seamless transition. So I've been playing for a while, and I have a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, I've been playing a lot of Grand Theft Auto Online. I finished all of the new heists that came out. Ooh, tell the us the Doomsday heist. Um, oh yeah, I've heard about the Doomsday. Tell me, tell me, tell us about the Doomsday. I mean, they're they're they're, they're great. They're a really good way to make money. Uh, which mm-hmm. a lot of people in that game uh, need to do. I mean, that is the definition of a pay-to-play. <laughs> which Right. You know, which
0: I think is different from writing the photo because you like, know what you're signing up for. Yeah, I feel yeah, like a yeah. lot of people with the Star Wars situation, they're like, oh, I'm going to be able to buy this full game and play the full game right. and enjoy the full game. And EA was like, no.
1: Yeah. At, at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> yes, Grand Theft Auto might be pay-to-play, but you get a lot of content for free, and you don't have to put any real-life money into it. If you're willing right. to put your time into the game, then, you know, you can you can make some money. So, anyway, I've uh, been playing a lot of that. The Doomsday Heists uh, are really solid. Uh, I think they're definitely better than the original heist, if only because they added a ton of new vehicles. There's finally, finally, finally a jetpack in GTA Online. Uh, The very last part of the very last heist, you get to fly around in a jetpack. That's pretty awesome. Um, So I would definitely suggest Going back, checking that out, when I completed it, I got the achievement for, uh, you know, finishing all of the new heists. And I think I saw something on the order of like 5% of people had done it or something. So It's a rare achievement, yeah. Yeah, it was a rare achievement. If you're part of the 95%, definitely go, uh, you know, put some time back into GTA and check those out. Uh, and then lastly, uh, I've been playing the Sims a little bit. I know. <sighs> Don't you, judge no, me. I'm no, I'm not judging you. I...
0: Big Nick also really loves The Sims. Like, really loves
1: The Sims. I love The Sims. I've loved The Sims since I was a little kid. I liked The Sims when I was a kid, too. I don't know what I wasn't allowed to play it. I had to sneak it. Really? Yeah. Tell us more about that. I think my mom just saw on the back of the box, that there was, like, sexual, con- like, sexual content. And, right. like, I think they like, termed it sexual mischief or something.
0: <laughs> there was some, like, yeah, because it's not, it's like, woohoo. Um,
1: and, yeah, yeah, ugh. yeah. And then I, I think she asked me at one point, like, <laughs> your Sim's pregnant? What? And then I, I'm sure got her wheels turning about, like, how did the Sim get pregnant? Mm. Um, yeah, that was basically how I responded to her. So yeah, I've been I've been playing The Sims, uh, basically since it came out, um, which is almost twenty years ago. Which means I was about like eight or nine when I got my hands on it. Yikes! We're wow, gonna... we're not even going to go there. So anyway, um, <laughs> I'm not old. Okay. <laughs> so uh, what's new
0: in The Sims Four? What new highly specific expansion? <laughs> Has come out.
1: I'm mad you say it like that that because at the end of the day, that's what Destiny is now. Destiny is The Sims. The Sims has us buying a base game every year. And then, or not every, The Sims has, is buying a base game every generation, and they take a lot of stuff away that they had put in with expansion packs, and you have to slowly rebuy the full game that they built by the time they moved on. Like, well, that's yeah, what want, Destiny is now. You know, cats and dogs to play with, and... Mm-mm. True. Anyway, so they got laundry. That's why I'm back in. They got <laughs> laundry. I wanted to. It, it. No, you know I'm only laughing
0: because it's like that is hella mundane in it's real so life. So mundane. And you are going back to play this game is like.
1: Laundry. Let me be clear about how I play The Sims though. I play The Sims in a very linear fashion. I have a plan for everyone's life. The thing is, I don't play it for like months at a time. I'll play it yeah, for You a do, few spurts. Weeks. Yeah, do spurts. Yeah, I do spurts. So I don't get very far. For when in things my, like laundry goals. come out. Right. And so now I'm playing again because I have laundry. Laundry. To play with. You have laundry. Right, so I have laundry. However, However all the other stuff that I hadn't finished yet. Right. Like I haven't parented a teenager into adulthood yeah, Right. So now
0: you can parent a teenager into adulthood.
1: No, in a special way.
0: In a special way.
1: Because there's the whole Parenthood DLC. That...
0: Okay. Wow. Um, that's...
1: I need you to step off.
0: You know, that's a good idea. We're going to step off. We're going to take a little (laughs) bit of a break. And when we come back, we are talking Assassin's Creed Origins. So... What break are we gonna have? Just a music one. segment we are joining the party and no. talking no this not this week oh we're late to the party this, well some of us right so it's, it's it's two things joining the party is like joining your little, your little xbox party but if you're late to the party like i am you played assassin's creed origins this, <laughs> these past few weeks um i am like i'm super duper duper late to this party yes um we had to send three invitations not <laughs> multiple invites my wi-fi was not connected um not only had i not played assassin's creed origins when it came out i have never played an assassin's creed game ever um so it was a it was a very interesting experience it's kind of like if you started watching the mcu from like agent carter you know, like it's it's not you know that's like the the origin of the MC get it because
1: yeah he, he made a face y'all I did make a face I'm glad he saved it because I did not know where he was going
0: yeah no it's like you know it's like chronologically yeah I get like
1: it. the origins of the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood I don't know that I would consider Assassin's Creed Origins to be the Agent Carter of the series no but this
0: game is way more engaging and I actually want to finish it wow
1: that was a read
0: that was a read
1: Here I'm bad too.
0: Anyway, um, it was a lot of fun though. Uh, this was, like I said, it's the first Assassin's Creed game that I played. The gameplay is very interesting. Um, it's definitely like a learning curve to it. Uh, I'm definitely not used to A, stealth games, but B, combat games like that. Um, it very much kind of reminded me of like, like the Batman Arkham games, mm-hmm. in that, that sort of like you're sneaking around, you're tagging enemies, you're hopping from corners, killing people jumping around
1: yeah um actually a lot less jumping in origins oh there's more jumping in other i would say that a lot of the original assassin's creed well yeah games no. was essentially like parkour it's a lot of jumping leaps
0: of faiths is, is the, I, I haven't gotten to a leap of faith
1: yet mm-hmm is there gonna be one
0: don't tell me you, don't spoil it only,
1: I don't think it's a spoiler. I think you have done one. You maybe just don't realize that that's what it is. It, like, wasn't,
0: it wasn't presented like, to you as, of faith.
1: Yeah, it's not like that. Boo. That stinks. That's, yeah. like, the thing. Sleep of faith. I mean, you will you will see them. Um, so all those little towers around that, like, can increase Senu's range. Mm, oh. Um, those are all leaps of faith. Interesting. I'm going to have to yeah. do that.
0: Um, but, yeah, no, definitely learning curve and definitely, like, Getting used to the combat. I know you told me to visit the Colosseum when I get up to that part in the game and just practice there. I can, yeah. So I'm gonna just
1: throw Ragnarok it up. If there's anything that I would critique about Assassin's Creed as a series, it's mm-hmm. that for whatever reason, um, you know, the combat keeps getting better from game to game. Mm. But at the same time, there's only so much they can do that really breaks out of a very formulaic uh, combat system. And what I guess what I mean by that is you know, once you memorize what all your enemies can do and what you need to do to counteract that, it's Mm -hmm. more, um, it's kind of like a choreographed dance at a certain point where you just know what to do based on what the situation is calling for because Mm -hmm. of the enemies that you're fighting. It Mm -hmm. doesn't, um, yeah, yeah, there's not, there's not a a variation in the fighting that forces you to change how you operate. Uh, at least not until late in the game and a lot of it is about weaponry in assassin's creed that's really how you fight differently and so what i will say about origins that's a lot different than some of the previous installments and i've played every single one of the assassin's creed games i love assassin's creed it's one of my favorite franchises um what i will say is that uh there's so much weapon variety in Origins, and they just treat the whole concept of weaponry very differently in Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I think it's very easy to adapt to different play styles while you're on your run. So, for instance, I know that you are taking a very warrior heavy approach. Like, you are really and- focused on skills that are like hand to hand combat.
0: Yes, hand-in-hand, there's the hunter, which is your bow and arrow type
1: of person. And then seer, which is your more, like, in the shadows. I don't even know if I would say it's, like, the stealth one. It's more, like, mystical stuff almost. Mm. It's, like, you know, uh, darts to put people to sleep and, like, poisoning dead bodies and taming animals and that kind of stuff, which you can all use to really help you. And if you want to play the game, kind of using these... Uh, instruments almost mm-hmm. to to infiltrate places and to, you know, kill your enemies. Um, I played, on my first playthrough, I played mostly with the bow. Um, you know, my goal was to, like, be as strong with the bow as possible. So I I like that you can take different approaches in this game. In other games, it was a fairly straightforward affair. Like, you know, you had your sword, you had your shield, or you didn't have a shield, or you used your hidden blade, or what have you. It was, you know, kind of linear in that way. And so, yeah, the fighting can get a little bit repetitive, but at least in Origins, you can switch up your weapons and have a Mm. very different experience. Like you, I saw you were using um, a heavy axe, which is kind of slow and cumbersome. It is. Um, but it but does a lot of damage. Powerful. Exactly. Powerful. If you can connect, you know you're going to do a lot of damage. Whereas the sword that I'm using right now is kind of light and fast. It's powerful. But, you know, it's more about quickness and speed mm-hmm. um, than than the weapon that you're using right now. So I, I really appreciate... Um, the way they've kind of Witcherified the <laughs> Assassin's Creed series, you know, there's a huge, expansive, and beautiful map. Um, and they oh actually just movies. released this new yeah. uh, um, educational
0: mode. mode. Yeah, yes, yeah, so we checked that out for a little bit. Um, it was it was very nice. It was just like like a virtual museum. You just pick a location and you just walk around, and then you can either like walk around, and do your own thing, and explore on your own or you can go through a guided tour. Most of them are pretty short. Um some are as small as 2 minutes. I think the longest one I saw was like 13. Um and it's just like here's a point, then you can walk around, and go to the next point. And then it'll like do like a whole narration, pictures, the whole nine, I was like, "Wow, this is a virtual museum." It was yeah. great. It was a <laughs> It's funny, I was like, "Who's going to play this?" But then I'm like, "Oh, well, like I was playing Red m games when I was, like, 13, 14, I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I imagine some student in middle school is, like, doing their
1: ancient Egypt, you know. Yeah. Unit. I feel
0: like and I learned then it's a like,
1: lot in Assassin's Creed when I was, when I was uh, playing them mm-hmm. when I was younger. I mean, it's not all super historically accurate. You know, right. For those of you who don't know... <laughs> Uh, Assassin's Creed is kind of telling the story of, like, these two warring factions. There's the Templars on one side and the Assassins on the other side. Origin specifically is, like, the foundation of the Assassins' Brotherhood. So you're kind of uh, playing a prequel in in some sense. But also in other senses, it's not a prequel Mm -hmm. uh, because – in the same vein that there's like this throwback historical time period that the game is exploring. Um, there's also a real world like current timeline uh, character that's also interwoven into all of the Assassin's Creed games. And so um, I just really uh, think that what they've done in terms of building a huge huge map that's totally explorable, pretty much anything you see, as long as it's not, like, literally part of the wall dressing when you run up against the edge of the map. (laughs) Like, everything you see you can get to, you can interact with, uh, and they've essentially turned that, uh, as Audio Nerd said, into a walking museum almost. Um, And it's just a really beautiful thing, and and, uh, I thought, at first, like, oh, I'll go and try it, maybe do, like, one or two, I think it's probably gonna be something that I sink like a day into where I just try and go and go through as many of them as I can. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I I will say I'm very excited for uh, the future of the franchise for several reasons um, but I think what's really really uh, cool to me and you know we're kind of trying to keep it black on this episode is that the main protagonist in Assassin's Creed Origins is black uh, he's an African named Bayek uh, and he's essentially the founder of uh, the whole Assassin's Creed Brotherhood um, and you kind of get to watch the story unfold um, from his eyes about, you know, a really tragic beginning and his uh, quest for revenge and leading him to meet all these crazy historical figures and uh, if you kind of know the history behind things already, it's very interesting to see how they insert the idea of this like ancient war between these two tribes uh, throughout uh, what we understand history to be, uh, which Mm -hmm. is not (laughs) like a shadowy Illuminati kind of situation. Um, But anyway, more to the point, I really appreciated the way that origins addressed um, I won't say race, but skin color, ethnicity, national origin. There were a few parts of the plot where you could really argue that Bayek was acting as an agent of the colonizers, even while his ethos and everything that is motivating him is about his people and prosperity and peace for his people. And it's so interesting uh, when he comes across a Killmonger-esque side character uh, in a side quest who is really trying to kill all of the Greeks around his village. Uh, And when Bayek finds out, he has an almost T'Challa-esque reaction to that. Um, And I just really appreciate that they went down that road, that they really pointed out the ways in which um, there was a stark inequality between the native Egyptians and the colonizing Greeks and Romans, uh, and how that really played out in daily life and why it was so necessary for Bayek to be uh, doing the work that he was doing. And I felt like there was just too many obvious comparisons to our present-day situation. So I really appreciated that they went down that road and dared to have that conversation. Yeah, well... Thank you for
0: that very deep social commentary, Big Nick. Um, I'm gonna be basic and go back to talking about normal game things, like uh, how good it looked. It's uh, the game is beautiful, as Nick said. Uh, I, like I only have an HD, I only have an HD setup at home. It still looks great. I played it on your very large 4K TV today.
1: Don't put my don't put my business out there.
0: Oh. I mean, all right, fine. On your moderately sized 4K.
1: Medium sized 2K.
0: 2K yeah. TV. Um, <laughs> and it's it's still, it's just a score. It's just, I have been taking the game extremely slow. I've been like doing a lot of the side missions and just like, you know, taking in the scenery and all that. And it's just, it's just great. It's like such a fun, it's, it reminds me a lot of like Red Dead Redemption, or mm. even a GTA, yeah. when you just like want to hop in the whip and just drive around, because it just looks so good. Yeah. Music's great too.
1: The music is What gorgeous. a soundtrack. Yeah. Ugh. Just wait until later on, there's a few uh, uh, battles that have some great scoring over them. Hmm. Um one, la- one last thing I would say is that, just in terms of, I think what this means for the future of the franchise, mm-hmm. uh, I'm really heartened by the fact that uh, they're still supporting Origins. They're not planning on releasing another game this year. So next year would probably oh, okay. be the first new Assassin's Creed. And I think part of the reason why Assassins... Uh, Origins. I think part of the reason why Origins was so successful was because they took a year off between games to mm. really, I think, put uh, some more time and, and care into making Origins you know, what it was. So what has me so excited about the future for the franchise with Origins Mm -hmm. um, is, you know, clearly the time they took uh, between... uh, Syndicate and Origins was well spent. It sounds like they're going to take another year off in between titles and really focus on, uh, you know, putting a solid two years into the next title and also creating more content for the current game. We have a DLC that's coming out. It did ironically get pushed back. Uh, (laughs) I feel like we've been talking about pushing things back a lot.
0: Yeah, (sighs) and you know, I think it brings up an interesting conversation about like. Like, I, I get it. I, like, I work in post-production for a while. I understand, like, how art is created on, like, larger scales, like, albums and things like that. And it's, like, maybe we don't have to put dates on everything. <laughs> like, even if it's just, like, this is generally when this is coming out, we'll be fine. Like, the gamers will be fine. But, yeah. like, they keep, I don't know, I just, you keep shooting yourself in the foot with, like, it's coming out on this date at this time, be ready, and then it's. Uh, sorry, y'all, oh, we had some complications. I think it just angers everyone, I think.
1: I don't know. At the very least, this delay is only a week. It was supposed to come out on the 6th of March. Now it's going to come out on the 13th of March. Um, You know, it I I agree with you. I get your point. Um, But at least it's not a major delay like Anthem where it's, you know, who knows how long. Um, But regardless, you know, it's great that uh, they're really putting uh, a lot of time and energy, I think, into what you could say is a traditional – dlc experience mm-hmm. um you know this is the kind of dlc that i really don't mind uh i know that uh according to some industry experts the median price for the games that we are getting now should really be like 80 dollars, not 60 dollars, as most of them are so you know i kind of get it uh, mm-hmm. i think that's part of why microtransactions have really taken over uh, a lot of the video game industry and uh i, I think Origins is really showing what an alternative model can look like, because there are microtransactions in Origins, but they're all 100% cosmetic. They don't change the gameplay at all, and a lot of the best stuff that is, you know, quote-unquote, locked behind one of the microtransaction DLC packs or whatever... um, You can get them from an in-game chest that just costs uh, a lot of coins. Uh, So, you know, there are some people that are still upset about the way that they sold a season pass that didn't actually give you every single piece of DLC, and I think that's a fair critique. But at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, I really think that Origins is modeling what um, a game that is uh, cognizant of its place in the community um, and actually respects that community enough Mm -hmm. to you know not be a complete disaster Uh, unlike the last two Assassin's (laughs) Creed games Unity and Syndicate which (laughs) uh, you know uh, Unity was completely dead on arrival and Syndicate uh, I had I I think I waited for like three or four months before I even opened it uh, after I bought it because I really wanted to make sure that everything was fine Mm -hmm. Um, so I think Origins is a really positive step in the right direction I want to see more uh, Witcher style um, Assassin's Creed in the future maybe Japan could be uh, a new place a lot of people think that one of the DLC packs uh, that has a katana in it is some kind of hint about the next location there's also a hint that it might be like in uh, Scandinavia with the Vikings so I feel Mm. like there's a lot of really cool places Assassin's Creed can go in the future and I think really changing the formula like Origin did is bringing more people in like you who have never played an Assassin's Creed game before right. uh, and because I wouldn't shut up about it you know you got it right. um, so really excited to see uh, what the future is and uh, hopefully they're not afraid to make more people of color the central protagonists in the games uh, you know and how could they not especially if it's like feudal Japan right <laughs> well let's not pretend like they couldn't find a way well, It's been done before Matt Damon was fighting On that great wall Yeah (laughs) I actually I heard that one
0: Wasn't as bad As Everyone said it was It I I think I was the
1: one Who said that It wasn't terrible Right But I wouldn't have Paid to see it Right Same <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a good place to stop. I, I I feel good. Yeah, we can't do it all in one episode. No, nah, you know, I,
0: I mean, I know we're a black podcast, so people are gonna look at us for the answers, <laughs> but you, we we ain't got them.
1: However, we do have a great interview coming to you in about two weeks. A very very good friend of mine, old friend of mine, that I only know from playing video games. We're really gonna get to the root of this whole gamer friend situation. Mm. Yeah, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about that too. And if you're excited about that, make sure you're subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Maybe tell
1: a friend. Definitely tell a friend. Uh, a few gamer Game friends. I would say like three or four. Three
0: or four gamer friends.
1: Four or five, maybe.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good number. Tell four or five <laughs> gamer
1: friends. Definitely. And we will talk to you in about two weeks. Deuces. Deuces. Kendrick's album. Mm.
0: Flames, firings Ah, uh, yeah. It. I'll keep it short. Very like. It's very like mixtapy to me. Like it didn't have like. A, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it no, I agree.
1: Which is fine. I, I didn't really need it to be a full cohesive project, and I feel yeah, like, no, like people.
0: I don't need a pimp butterfly. I don't need bars on bars on bars. Right. Like I don't. I need like hood rat Kendrick, which is what we got.
1: King's Dead. I'm not really into like trap music like that. Right, I feel you. I think it's mostly because um, I just can't get into a lot of it. Right, but for whatever reason, I was here for King's Dead.
0: Yeah, no, I was here for yeah. I Even was like the deep trap because I was here. Yes, what's that one with two chains on it? Oh, I don't remember, but I, there's something about a two chains verse. That's not on his track. And it's always great. Like, I never... That's I don't how I he hear about J-Rock.
1: Ooh, accurate. I don't really care for his albums. Right. But I do want to hear his features. That's,
0: mm-hmm. Just Kendrick bringing out the best. I
1: know. Of everyone. I'm just like I'm, the fairy
0: godmother of rock. I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. Love it. Love it.